Hello, and thank you for joining us for our Watershed Sermon Podcast. Watershed is a worshiping community within Harderwijk Ministries. We gather at 9.45 a.m. in the Anchor Building on the Harderwijk campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Watershed community and Harderwijk Ministries, please visit harderwijk.com. So we've been uh, journeying through, if, if you're kind of new to Watershed, or if you've been even coming with uh, and been on the journey with us, I just want to remind you, we've been in a series where we've been talking about acting like Jesus. And, and really, at the, the, the subtitle is more or less wrestling with spiritual practices, or what Christians may call spiritual disciplines. And, and you've heard me say this, and I'm going to say it again over and over again. This is not the 10-point checklist to make God happy with you. If that's the way that you live into the practices of our faith as Christians, if it's all about performing for God, then you've missed the point. You and I don't have to perform for God. Jesus did that. Jesus did everything needed to make sure that you and I can have a right relationship with God. And so these practices, what they do is actually allow us and help us intentionally. I'm going to use that word this morning intentionally live in that life with him. So to work alongside of God's life, that, that new life that shapes us and mold, uh, molds us, that these practices help us live a life for God because of what he's done for us, right? It's not about performing. It's not about posturing. It's not about pandering to God. It's not about our own self-righteousness with each other. Going, yeah, see, look at how good I, I am. I showed up to church today. Check me out, right? No. We participate in these practices because we know in them we meet Jesus. Through them, his life works out in our lives. And we know that we have an even greater purpose because of it. Today, we're talking about the the spiritual practice, and this is anchored in, Pastor Bill talked here, I talked across the parking lot about uh, biblical community, and over the next three weeks, we're talking about the whole idea of stewardship. Let me go back to the previous sermon series. We believe as Christians that we are stewards of the life that God has given us, that our life is a gift, and we are managers (laughs) of what God has given us. So this week, we're going to talk about our spiritual gifts that I know the gifts that God has given me and I use them to fulfill his purposes. Next week, we're going to talk about our time. We're going to do something a little unique. We're going to interview the Joyces and the Postmas after they've given some time to hang out in Honduras to fulfill God's purposes. And then the following week, we're going to talk about our resources, right? That God has given us our finances, not just for ourselves, but for greater purposes. But in all of these things, right, we are, we're managers. We believe that life is a gift of God. All of what we have, all of who we are is his. And that when we go, hey, you know what, today, when I offer my gifts, my personality, my experiences to the people of God and in this world, man, it, it's a part of showing God's kingdom that is here and present and will be forever. So today, spiritual gifts is our conversation. I want to take us to Romans 12. 
a few weeks back, we talked about verses 1 and 2 and about a, a total surrender to God. But Paul continues the conversation, and he says to the community of faith, this, this new church in Rome, he says, not only do you live your lives in surrender as, as, a, as a sacrifice to God, now, part of what that, he's going to put some skin on what that looks like. So, Romans 12, starting in verse 3. So, if you're unfamiliar with the New Testament, that's kind of the, the skinny part of your Bible, right? Let's get the stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you're going to get Acts and Romans. Romans is where we're at today. Romans 12, the Apostle Paul, follower of Jesus, writes this. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, right? We all got... Some fingers, some toes, some feet, some legs. Doesn't matter how long your legs are, okay? But we got some legs, we got some arms, right? We got a heart that beats, brains that work. Just as each one of us has a body with many members, and these members don't all have the same function, right? We need all of our body parts to work in the way they're supposed to. But Paul says this so in Christ, we though many form one body in each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. It goes on to say this in verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. All right, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, hey, do that diligently. If it's to show mercy. Do it cheerfully. And then Paul will go on to say, and, and he expands it more. He goes, folks, because in the body of Christ, we're called to love one another. That we're devoted to one another. So we talk about these gifts this morning. The first thing that I want to just kind of highlight for us in verse 3 is this, that I think Paul is challenging us to a humble realism about our lives. Right, a humble realism. What does he say? Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but think of yourself. I, I, I love Paul. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Okay? Anybody know what it, I, you don't have to raise your hand, know what it's like to not be sober? Right? You think about the world quite a, quite a bit differently, don't you? Right? Like, uh, you're with me here, right? Paul says, hey, think of yourself, recognize, uh, let me put it this way, if we look at verse 3, Paul says, you are not all things to all people. Now we know later in the New Testament, he will say, I've become all things to all men so that I might win some. But that's not what he's talking about here. Paul is actually challenging the community of faith to say, you cannot be everything to everyone. By the way, <laughs> we are not all things. We are not in and of ourselves an island. Now, we may try to live that way. We might think that we have everything we, have, we need for life and for our own lives, all within ourselves. And we can go, you know what? I don't need you, and I don't need you. You don't really matter. But Paul says, no, 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 no. As we think about offering ourselves to God and think about this idea that we belong to one another as the church, we have to recognize that, man, I need you. 
You need me. In and of myself, I am not everything. And what we're going to find out is that's a grace given to us. And that's where he says the next thing in verses 4 and 5, that we belong to one another. Just as though I need every one of my fingers to work, right? And if you've, I, I know folks who've lost fingers. And just one finger, how, how different life can be. How many of you ever just been laid up for a little while? You can't move, and all of a sudden, it's, whether your back is spasming, whether you just had a knee surgery, whether you're, you know, you've had a severed tendon, or what, what have you, right? Maybe you're just laid up and sick. That's our current circumstance, right? <laughs> like, who knows what it is? But nonetheless, when your body's not working right, it ain't working right. And Paul says to the community of faith, you belong to each other. You may want to think you're all things to, you, you can do everything, you can be everything, you, you've got this all handled, but that's not how it works. When God created Adam all alone, what do we hear pretty quick? It's not good that he should be alone. So I'm going to create for him a suitable helper. Folks, that passage isn't just for marriage. <laughs> that passage is a picture of community. Of going, we need one another. Paul says in the church, when we think about our giftedness, it's recognizing, yeah, we don't have all of the gifts within ourselves, and I need you. That we are better together than we are apart. But then here, Paul actually then reminds us in verse 6 that each of us have been given a grace. He actually starts this short little passage in verse 3 and says, by the gift, the grace given to me, I say to you. Right? He's, he's one who's a leader of the church. God uniquely gifted him to start these churches, to carry the gospel, to go places that, man, I couldn't, I don't know if I ever could have scratched the surface of what Paul did. But because God gifted him in a unique way, and was Paul said, not because he earned it, it's because it was an unearned favor of God. That's grace. But the gift, because I got some grace, I'm going to talk to you. But guess what? God has also given each of you gifts, and that's God's grace. Each of you, each of us, is wired in particular ways, and it's God's grace to us. How awesome is that? That all of us are unique in some way, form, or fashion. That when we look around this room, we can see that there is no one of us who is exactly alike. Think about the, the creativity of God just alone in this room. You may not know each other's stories, but just look at each other's faces, and we can see creativity. We can start to see it in different gifts and abilities, and the different ways that people serve. But Paul says, you, each of you are unique, and this is a grace of God. Right? Some of you know I, I can't stand the phrase, you do you. Right? I just can't stand <laughs> <laughs> but we can redeem it hey be who you are in christ right that's the church where 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 that where that phrase has some power and in some place where we can meet the world in a way that maybe can surprise it we can go yeah but it, it, let, you do you in christ let me invite you to who christ has made you to be let me invite you into something that's, that's more and bigger, fuller. Right? You're unique. 
That's what we're trying to say oftentimes in a world where we, maybe we struggle to see each other. We can give a gift back and say, yeah, you are unique. And God has created you just amazingly put together with your gifts, abilities, your experiences. Yeah, I want to help. I, I want to see that in you. I want to help you see that in yourself. Paul says, each of us has some gifts, right? And then what does he say? Use them, <laughs> right? If it's prophesy, prophesy. If it's teach, teach. If it's to encourage, right? Which also means to comfort, comfort. Paul wouldn't be the only one to say this. Peter would say this in 1 Peter 4. He says, each of you should use whatever gift that you've received to what? To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Verse 11, this is found in 1 Peter 4. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now, the glory and the power both now and forever. Amen. Right, Peter, Paul, both says, man, use your gift. Or in the great words of Nike, just do it. Be who you are in Christ. One of the most helpful um, things that I have in my own kind of journey of gifts, and I, I'm one of those people who geeks out on personality assessments. Like, ooh, there's a new one. Let's take it. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I'm a little weird. I understand it. But uh, it, one of the things that has actually helped me, uh, and this was back in the 90s when Rick Warren, uh, he's a pastor out at Saddleback Church in California, Orange County, California, they did the purpose-driven church, and then in the early 2000s, the purpose-driven life. Anybody heard of those? One of the things that uh, they came up with was the SHAPE acronym. And as you can see from my, my graphical genius, notice I need Drew to put most of the graphics together. I'll take credit for this one, Drew. I've got it. Looks kind of like a stick man, huh? That's me. Right? <laughs> but think about this kind of whole life, right? Our whole life, our whole person. As I think about spiritual gifts, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that they're spiritual. Right? Who we are, what animates us, what gives us life from the very beginning in Genesis to now forever is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power and presence of God in our life. It, it's the reality of God that leads us into the, sh the flourishing of God, the peace of God. But at the core of who we are as human beings, right, God wants us to have this relationship with him, to experience his indwelling presence with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is in us, whether we actually believe in God or not, I mean, this is the crazy thing. The fact that anybody lives is a grace of God and that God is actually at work in their life. They don't have to acknowledge him for him to actually be at work. That today what we're talking about like, is gifts, somebody's ability, even though they may not be a Christian, we believe, man, it, their gift, their wisdom, that which is good in them is a gift of our good God. And that's actually a common place where we can come together and say, hey, man, that's the God I believe in. It's in those places where we can encourage others who may not know Jesus, but it's because we see God's image in them. We go, oh, yeah, let me affirm 
what's going on. The first thing in this is it's called shape. S-H-A-P-E, right? Shape. S stands for the spiritual gifts. And what this is is really just lists that we find in the, the scriptures. This is in um, Romans 12, as we've read, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and then also in 1 Peter 4. We, we see these lists in the Bible of spiritual gifts. Uh, these are things like administration, um, apostleship or mission, craftsmanship, communication, discernment, encouragement, evangelism, the ability to share the good news, faith, giving, helps or service, hospitality, intercession, knowledge, leadership, mercy, prophecy, shepherding, teaching, wisdom, right? And this isn't even all of them, but it's a pretty good idea. But that each of us have some kind of gift, the scripture says. We got four major portions of scripture that says, here's some of the ways that God wires you, some categories of things, of giftedness in you. But not only do we have these spiritual gifts, the H is this. God has also gifted us with our heart passions, right? Some of us love children. Some of you don't. No judgment. <laughs> right? Some of us love working in nursing homes. Other of us would actually rather clean a toilet. Right? Some of us would rather have this redundant job every day doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's like, ah, this is heaven. And some of us go, man, if you do not mix this up, I am gone. <laughs> some of us love kind of chaos. Things going crazy all around us. Some of us need absolute order and structure and to the T, like I know what I'm going to do this half hour and I know what I'm going to do this half hour. Right? Some of us have a desire to go, you know what, I just, hey, let me hang out back here. I don't want to be up front. I don't want to even be known. <laughs> and others of us are reluctant to stand in front of but all of us have passions and abilities. I wonder this morning, what are some of your passions? What are some of the things that make your heart beat, get you excited? Now with that, um, we also have abilities and skills, right? We have worked on some things in our life such that they've done a work in us. Sometimes we've started doing something and we couldn't stand it. Anybody ever like started a project and be like, I didn't want to do this? I want no part of this, but you're like, I have to. I have no choice. <laughs> and then by the time you were done, you were like, man, this actually ain't too bad. <laughs> and then some of you are like, uh-oh, <laughs> I was glad to be finished, right? But there are times where we actually, by the grace of God, develop a skill we didn't realize we had. We stepped into something because we had a passion for it, but, but realized I had no skill for it. But you know what? I'm going to develop a skill. I'm going to work at it. And then we watch God's grace show up and give us an ability. I, all of you have a, you know, or are not all of you, but let me, let me correct it. Like all of us have put some, our energy and effort into some kind of work. Whether we're employed or not, 
That's a different thing. But we all put our minds and our brains to something. And that's God's gift. It's God's grace to be able to do that, to learn. Even if you play a video game. <gasps> now, as parents, most of the kids are out. <laughs> See, he said, I could play video games. No, maybe you've got a passion. Maybe there, there's ways. I, I don't know. But nonetheless, we develop skills, and that's a grace of God. And that leads us, not only our abilities, but to our personality, right? And, and like I said about personality inventories, one of, one of my favorites is the DISC uh, inventory. It's been around for a long time. DISC just kind of helps you understand where some of your energy lies. And you're not just one. It's like you kind of got to have to, you have to see where you are on a spectrum and how these energies work together. But it, it's around you know, the D is for, are you dominant or decisive, right? Don't think about dominant as like, I'm going to run you over, destroy you. Now, that can be a negative part of that personality. But somebody who's just like, I'm going to step in and lead, right? Um, are you an, an influencer or an inspirer, right? Like, there are people who just have the ability to be like, oh, yeah, you, you, you thought you were going that way? Then I can convince you. I can move you. Like in the church, we call that evangelistic. Like that's that person who has that ability and gift to go, I can convince you of Jesus. Right? The S is somebody who's just steady and stable. Somebody who's just there, constant. We think about that actually as a gift of shepherding. Somebody who would be able to go, you know what? Yeah, I can just be with you even though life may be crazy in the world, but and I, I can just be, be somebody who's calm, cool. I can be a person of peace to walk with you, come alongside of you, careful and correct. Somebody who pays attention to details, the C. Somebody who goes, you know what? Order is really important, and it helps us. Personality, right? All of us have some personality, and, and, and a lot of times we go, there's some times where in the body, we, we, some of us may struggle with certain personalities, amen? Right? Some people are like, who are D, may not like C's, right? Like, uh, it might be, uh, I'll, I'll admit, I can be a little D-ish, okay? I can be a little go. Um, and, and I can struggle sometimes with the steady people, like, of like, come on, because I get a little animated, and I get all right. And you know what's funny is in my marriage, Kendra and I are like the exact opposite. So the grace given to us, God goes, oh yeah, by the way, our personality is part of God's wiring and it's part of God's gift. I think one of the things in the church that we can do to bring some redemption and some of the good news of the gospel in the world is go, yeah, we don't prize certain personalities more than others but that each of our personalities has a place. And we learn to work with each other. And then finally, the E, it's experiences. How many of you have learned from your experiences? Right? Right, it's through our painful experiences. It's through our celebrations. It's through when something worked or it didn't. It's through the good times. It's through the challenging times. But that God somehow in his grace works in all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8. 
that God can take these experiences and we've learned wisdom through them. We've learned resilience through them. We've learned patience through them. We've learned what it means to be at peace even though everything's crazy, right? Our experiences, they shape us. All these things, brothers and sisters, this is the beauty of God at work in each of you. All of us check off all of these things in one way or another. If you're interested in kind of thinking more about this, shoot me an email. A-A-R-O-N, okay? A-A-R-O-N. That's A-A-R-O-N <laughs> at hardawike.com. You may struggle to spell hardawike more than <laughs> that, but uh, harder, W-Y-K.com. Um, if you're interested, I have a shape test I can give you that you can kind of walk through and think through if you, if you want a little guide. And I want you to email me because I'd love to just talk with you a little bit. I'd love to kind of come alongside of you. Love to coach you up a little bit or, or just, just know that you're not doing it alone. Um, but that God has gifted all of us not only for ourselves, but for his purposes, right? We go back to the beginning. I know, I know the gifts that God has given me, right? And I use them. I implement them. I put them to practice to fulfill his purposes. You're wondering where to do that, how to do that. This is my little general rule of thumb, one, one, one. When you figure out who you are, first thing, as Paul says, is serve one another. Like, find one thing to contribute to the body of Christ, the church. The church is where we put into practice. This is our training ground for how we live in the world. Right? If we can't work out forgiveness here, how do you think we're going to work out forgiveness out there? Right? If we can't learn to endure with each other, we're never going to learn how to endure with our community. If we can't learn to serve one another, we're never going to be able to learn to serve out there. So the one is, find one thing to put yourself into in the body of Christ. We have over 80 people at Watershed alone that volunteer for one thing. And the, it's everything from serving coffee to making you feel welcome when you come through the door to making sure thing, chairs, tables are set up and taken down afterwards, right? We strip it all down when it all comes down. There are people who are leading ministries here. There are people who are just saying, you know what? One of the things I can do is I can financially provide more than most. And so I'm going to give that way. But what's one thing that you could intentionally do to serve God in the church. Because through that one thing, man, it impacts us, it changes us. Todd and I had a, uh, we have a podcast, Heart Awake Stories. And one thing that I loved about talking with Todd was that was really the highlight of Todd's testimony. You found one thing and how that one thing brought him into community um, by jumping on a soundboard. Like one thing matters. And then I want you to think about one thing in this community, in this world, that you can do. Maybe it's the job you're already doing. But you're going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to intentionally do this as a follower of Jesus. I'm going to be faithful to show up each and every day. I'm going to be faithful to doing it to the best of my ability. I'm going to take my experiences and I'm going to pour, pour that. And then, you know what? I'm going to do my best just to love my coworkers. But my one thing is I'm going to serve God faithfully in my work. 
Maybe for you, it's going, I've got to work on my family. I, I'm going I'm to faithfully serve God in my family right now. Maybe it's going, I'm going to get to know that one neighbor. Just seems to irritate. No. <laughs> Maybe it's just getting to know the one neighbor. I don't know what it is, but pray. Ask God, how can, God, how you uniquely have placed me in a setting and in a circumstance for your glory. And if it's for your glory, it's also going to be for, for, for my benefit as well. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but do that one thing. And then finally, the one, this one kind of goes closer to like .01. <laughs> but be faithful in your little 1%. The church, Paul says you're one church. You may feel like you're a pinky <laughs> in the body of Christ. But then be the pinky as faithfully as you can. Right, I, I'm going to put up this mosaic. I love how this illustrates that, what, what I'm saying here. Is that when you're faithful to that 1%, these are all pictures of people. It starts to create a silhouette of who Jesus is. I think so often we put the pressure on one another to be everything that Jesus was to the world. And if that's the case, we're missing what he actually said. And what Paul and his followers actually said. No, you're part of his one body that impacts and influences the world. Some of you have a great desire and passion to get man into the mess in poverty and, and get there and wrestle with it. Go do it. Be that. And I can support you and come alongside of you. And others are going to go across the world and serve communities that haven't yet heard of Jesus. And you might actually put your life on the line to do that. Others of you may... Join in in Bible translation. Like I said before, some of you may just go, you know what? Let me just work on cleaning the floors and the toilets. And, and you know what? Like we're going to hear next week. I love the stories of Joy Joyce's and Postman. Like you guys set it up so perfectly. I can't say more. I want, it. I want to so bad. But each of the four of you had different gifts. But when we're faithful to the 1% and everybody's faithful to their 1%, pretty soon we get to 100 Notice when I talk about watershed and what we see on our screen, freedom, friendship, and what? Rest. That true shalom and peace doesn't come with us having to be all things to all people and to do everything that Jesus did. It's to be faithful in our little corner together. To not overextend ourselves, but to trust one another. To lean into one another. To say, you know what, man? If, if you love working with electric, man, be, be an electrician. If you love working in, in, in plumbing and, you know, I, if you love creating roads, create roads. If you love preaching, preach. If, it, if you love music, man, if you love fundraising, fundraise. Right? If you love the medical field, dive in. If you love teaching, teach. Whatever it is, when we do the one, that's when we get to live into Jesus. And that's where we hear Jesus say, even greater things you will do. Not because each of us are fully him, but each of us, when we belong together, can accomplish so much more. So I want to invite you into a rest in that challenge.
one, one, one. How do we serve each other? Something we can do to serve the world. And how do we just be faithful in the one? Let's pray. God, you've gifted us. It's a grace, as Paul reminds us this morning. You've given us shape. Lord, whether it's the categories that we read in Scripture of of gifts, whether it's our, our passions, our heartbeat, the desires that we have that align up with your desire, whether it's our abilities and skills, the way the things we've worked on and have started to work on us. Maybe it's our, our wiring and personality. Or maybe it's just our experiences. But Lord, you've created each of us unique. I don't know, I, I don't know about my brothers and sisters this morning, but that's encouraging to me. Is because you thought so, you desired so, I'm, I'm supposed to do this today. Not because of some spectacular thing I've done, but it's because you said so. And Lord, my brothers and sisters are, are called to do something else and are called to do something else. And Lord, and there's this beautiful mosaic of things and ways that we all work. Lord, this community is filled with craftsmen, filled with leaders, filled with givers and caretakers. This community is filled with people who know how to bring organization to things, people who, who know how to think outside of the box. It's a community that's filled with people who are just stable and calm and others who can handle the crazy. All of these things, Lord, are a gift from you. Thank you. Thank you for uniquely wiring each of us the way you have. And help us to see more and more what that means in light of you. Because there are some things, Lord, in our lives, some sin in our lives that aren't of you that sometimes we confuse. And so give us clarity on that. But more importantly, Lord, lead us into seeing ourselves the way you see us and then joining in with how you want to use us in the life of the church and in the life of the world. Because it's in those moments, God, where we go, we get to stop and we get to go, wow, Lord, I was made for this. Lord, I pray that each of us can experience that moment sometime this week. That there can be some part of your kingdom breaking in here on earth as it is in heaven where we can go, man, this is a taste of what goodness looks like because you've made me who I am. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bless us with that gift and that grace. And again, thank you for the beautiful mosaic that is your church, Lord, here at Heart Alike. And even just at Heart Alike, Lord, we are only a smidget of your greater body, your greater global body that is doing amazing things. Lord, we get to be a part of that story because of your love. Lord, we pray these prayers and many more in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our watershed community or how to support Harderwijk Ministries, please visit us at harderwijk.com.